This edition of Eternal Leadership has been brought to you by Marketplace Rock, guiding leaders to higher ground. Learn more at MarketplaceRock.com. Welcome to Eternal Leadership, a show dedicated to equipping and inspiring leaders to accomplish what God has created in them. I'm Steve Ryder, co-founder and co-host. Here's this week's interview by my partner, John Ramstead. Today on the Eternal Leadership Podcast, we have Bettina Langerfeld. Bettina, welcome to the podcast. Hi, John. Thank you so much. I feel really honored that you invited me today. Well, it's fun how you and I met. Um, Dennis, who has done some work with our mutual friend, Jeff Spatafora, uh, has been working on your book and reached out to me and said, you know, you you work with so many people that see the, the marketplace as a mission field. And there's often a lot of times, you know, of, you know, mindsets and things that are really holding them back from how we, as, as believers, effectively move into that place of doing mission work. And he shared with me what you're doing, the work you're doing, the book you're putting out. And I'm like, I would love to talk with Bettina. Plus, you're working with people all over the world. Uh, you live in Santiago, Chile. We're actually talking to you right now through Skype while you're sitting yeah. halfway across the world, which is really <laughs> cool. That's amazing. Um, so you, now you describe yourself as a transformational catalyst, and I love that word because transformational means permanent change in my mind. You're a thought leader. You're authoring this book, The Sleeping Queen, and also since 2007, so for about 10 years, you've created a successful online business in, in down in the Spanish market, and you're taking this very inspiring message that you have and this expertise to Christian women worldwide. And if you're a guy out there, you're a man out there listening to this, trust me, this is going to be a conversation that you're going to really want to listen to, both for yourself and maybe uh, <laughs> you know, other women you listen to. Because you know, one, one of your passions, Bettina, is to just empower Christian business women to heal these relationships they have around money so they can build a thriving business, which we definitely need more of, you know, and bring their calling into the marketplace while embracing themselves is what you call queens in their business, in their life. And I love that. And now you're living right now in Chile, but we were sharing a little bit before we got started. Uh, you've had a very interesting journey. And I'd love for you to just share a little bit about that before we, before we uh, dive into some of the questions I have. Sure, as I was, thank you, thank you, John, for that introduction. Um, as I was telling you, I grew up in, in uh, I have sort of a tricultural background. I am from German parents, they were immigrants in, in Chile, and my father traveled a lot because of his profession, so we grew up in different countries, one of them was South Africa, so that's where I learned my English, and um, I just have this mix, this cultural mix, which is sort of confusing sometimes, but it also has allowed me to be uh, a bridge between the cultures and uh, and having a broader understanding about how different people are, and then at the same time, how similar uh, we are all, even though we are, have, are in different cultures, have different backgrounds. So that's been very enriching. And, you know, it, you know as you traveled around all these different countries, um, you know, what what led you to really making this a, a focus in your life in 2007 um, of wanting to start your own business and realizing, you know what, there were some things maybe in your own life that were really kind of, you know, slowing you down or stopping you from the fullness of what you knew you could do? Yeah, well, you know, well, you know, with God, one thing leads into another and and he he does have a calling and a purpose for each one each of our lives but he also has specific assignments and um one of the assignments that he gave uh my husband and me was to homeschool our children that started in in the year 2000 and we very quickly had to confront our traditional beliefs around education with with what the lord had to say about true education and that is when i was i really dived deep into the bible and searched uh searched how god wants us to prepare for life and how I should prepare our children for life. And that's where I discovered how he has, uh, 
has already planned before and the wonderful works that that uh, he ha- he wants us to walk in right Ephesians 2:10 and uh, according to Psalm 139 that he already saw us in our mother's womb and he he had all his days written out for us so at the end we started to search for this it was the premise that we used to educate our children and to really search for what God had uh, designed them to be and without really wanting to accomplish that we turned out giving them um, financial and leadership education because they just naturally um, uh, developed their entrepreneurial and leadership skills as they were as we allowed them and gave them the freedom to pursue their heart's desire which is where God puts our our plans and purposes so after you know, after uh, about seven years I really felt that I wanted to share this with other with other parents because it was it was something very powerful because it wasn't stressy I was not the teacher of my children they just had this inner powerful motor that was driving them forward with with so much motivation to learn and to grow into their calling and uh, it was I sort of stumbled into my calling <laughs> John because I I was so um, you know I, I Back then, I was already about 12 years a Christian, and I had my own little ideas about what it looked like to serve the Lord and to be in a ministry, which was basically being a pastor or being somebody who served in church. So when the Lord uh, called me to share this message through a business, I I was quite astonished, and I had a lot of trouble reconciling that with my own idea of a calling. And that took several years. I, I eventually. You know, at that time, Bettina, what was your idea of a calling? Oh, I wanted to be a pastor. <laughs> or I wanted to go to churches and teach about education there. You know, it was all in a very, uh, it was all inside of the church. Sort of the world outside of the church was something different that was totally unspiritual and very worldly and something I did not really want to go into. <laughs> It's so funny when I say it nowadays because it, the Lord, you know, he showed me how wrong I was through through this whole journey that I've been in, in my business. But back then I remember that the only way that I saw myself ever serving the Lord was inside of the church. And um, and I was obviously I was completely wrong. And, and I remember the day that that I eventually took the, the step to open my business, which was six months later than my calling, I fasted and I prayed and I said, Lord, you have to convince me. I need something to stand on uh, to know that this is from you because it is so, so different to what I imagined. And he, um, he led me to the virtuous woman in Proverbs 31. And I, I, was, in, I was doing a, a, a financial study on the Bible and our, our pastor told us to highlight Every um, every verse in Proverbs that had to do with money and with finances, and I came and to this when proverbial that, woman. Yeah. yeah. Well, when you did that, what did you notice? That I highlighted almost every verse, every verse about her. I mean, she was all about into being an entrepreneur, investing, being money savvy, and I was like, oh my gosh, she's she's a woman, and she's the perfect entrepreneur. And the Lord told me that is my idea about true womanhood, mm. and that has been the foundation that I've had throughout all these years. It's always gone back to her whenever I doubted my calling or whenever I had trouble, and the Lord always reassured me, said, this is this is who you are. This is how I see women. This is who, what I want them to be like in this world. I want them to be leaders. I want them to have a voice. I want them to, to, bring, to bring to the marketplace in a feminine way, not in a masculine way, in a feminine way, everything that I've put in them. And, um, and yeah, that's, that's been my journey throughout all these years. So when you went through this process, so this was, you know, leading up to 2007 when you started the business. You know, what were some of the biggest maybe um, things that you had to do for yourself to be ready to actually go into business? 
Well, what I had already learned from from my journey with my children is that mentors are very important. And mm-hmm. um, when children are so small, men, the, the main mentors in their lives are, are their parents, obviously. But then when they're already, you know, taking a direction in the, in the direction of their calling, you need to pray for good mentors. So that's the first thing I did. I prayed for good mentors because I knew I would never be able to do that on my own. It was, I mean, I, I didn't have any background in business. I had been a housewife till then. And... Um, and, but I did. I did feel that it was it was something that um, that that I I could do by the grace of God. So, um, and, so, and the Lord, so if I understood you right, so you've been traveling around the world. You get married. You're raising kids. You've never done anything that's in business or entrepreneurial, and you'd been homeschooling the kids is really your sole assignment for many many years. And now you're looking and saying. I think I'm being called to go start a company. <laughs> yes. That's yeah, awesome. Exactly. Now that I mean well, for I a lot of people totally that is like this huge leap, right? Yeah, I felt totally inadequate needless to say. So Well, sometimes uh, we, I still do. <laughs> oh yeah, you're so right. <laughs> Absolutely because as as we grow, you know, there's there's a stair-stepping process in which the Lord leads you from one assignment to the other, but there's always this next, next step, right? As you grow um, in him and with him, of course. Well, see, this is a really interesting point because I think, you know, as you talked about, you know, calling purpose and then we get assignments. And, and I think of these assignments as almost seasons of our life. And the, the previous seasons, right, we couldn't have a successful spring unless we've had the fall and the winter to prepare the soil and everything for the spring. And yeah. And what would you share with people, you know, because for you, this was a big shift. This Moving into this new season was something very different. And this happens, you know, to a lot of people. What we feel like we're being called into, we're not sure yet, but it, we're like, oh my goodness, this, this is such a, such a departure from what I've been doing previously or the previous short period of time. Um, what were the biggest challenges you had kind of moving forward into this? into this this season that started with your business? Well, as I as I already said, the biggest challenge was my identity of seeing myself as a businesswoman. So mm. so that that um, the the virtuous woman she was pivotal for that. She was always somebody I could look back to and say, if the Lord if the Lord sees me this way then I can learn to see myself. I can grow into this. Although back then it seemed impossible to me. But at the end, you know, God's view and opinion of us is the only one that counts, right? Yeah. So, so I, I, I always ask him to give me more revelation about that. And he showed me not only through myself, but he connected me with a lot of businesswomen. And I could see that no one is really perfect and this whole business thing you know business is a messy is a messy but the business world is a messy world so a lot of things are going on there there's no perfection at all there never is and um and business people are just as human and have just as many spiritual needs and actually have a whole lot of more struggles than 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 other people do i dare to say because they are they are um, all the time uh, looking out of the box and going out of the box and, you know, leaving their comfort zone to get out there and face new challenges. So they're actually a group of people that struggle a lot and they struggle constantly. So my heart went out. I, and, you know, I, re- I remember wanting to be a pastor and I started to feel this pastoral love and care for business people because I could see their pain, I could see their struggles, and I could also see that as just as I myself, um, they were not regarded as as somebody who was in a ministry or who had a calling because they spent most of their time outside of church, you know. So they weren't actually ministered to. I remember going to conferences um, and and you know, having the, the the leaders with you know with their best intentions, really applauding and yeah. praying for people who were called to the mission field or who were called to open Bible schools. And I was sitting in the back, yearning for somebody to pray for my calling. But you know, you you I know it is it is wrong to say this because I know it's not the intention of the leaders. But 
I myself considered myself to be like a second-class churchgoer because I was not serving inside of the church. And I think And that many, was, sounds like that was the, the message, almost the subtext that was being delivered from the church that you were hearing, right? Yeah, I know that it wasn't their intention, you right. know, and, and I... Well, I and I agree with you. To, I, mm, I, I mm. completely agree with you. When I actually... Um, you know, I had my accident and went through all this, and I and I had this calling to equip and inspire leaders to work in God's kingdom. And you know, if in um, I look at the the seven mountains, and these there's so many areas that God has, you know, providence, you know, business, family, government, politics, education, you know, the min, you know, church, you know, traditional church, and I was called to really focus on the marketplace, the business mountain. And when I sat down with my pastor of my church, and he'd been there with me through my accident, and I said, this is what I'm called into doing. And he basically said to me, Bettina, um, that's not really what we do here, and we really can't <laughs> help you with that. But if you want to start something and have some groups in, you can have some free use of you know some of the church meeting spaces. And that was it. It was kind of like when I shared with him this, this kind of this calling on my heart um, that was really outside of traditional ministry. He literally had no idea how to help me, what to do, and and. But the thing that almost kind of hurt for me was he at that point he almost kind of separated because it was like, well, you're heading back into the business world, and that's, you know, you know that's good. And we'll support you and pray for you, and good luck. And I was mm. like, wow. Um, and we actually ended up leaving that church and going and finding a church where there was people around us that embraced what we were called to do. And they've now become wonderful friends and mentors and counselors. And, you know, that's something I'd like to share with people is if you're in a church environment and you're not getting supported, there are churches, unfortunately, it's a small percentage, but I do feel like it's growing um, of pastors yeah. and, you know, people that are part of a church that, that share the same heart that you and I have, that a lot of people listening have. And you need to have those people in your life to encourage you, to support you, to counsel you, to, you know, to come around you and encourage you into, um, you know, what, what God has called you into doing. Yeah, that is so true. And, you know, in in the specific case of women entrepreneurs, it's even much less supported than, than entrepreneurs in general in the inside of the church. Now, would you do you think that's especially true outside of the U.S.? I think yes, because I, I come from a Hispanic uh, culture. So obviously the gender gap is much bigger here because of their cultural um, background. Uh, but I have also, you know, most of my coaches have been in the U.S. and I travel to the U.S. several times a year, the year. So I also have had contact with a lot of businesswomen. I've been in masterminds of businesswomen. And uh, there is, you know, even outside of the church, because one of the things that the Lord has shown me throughout all these years is that the reality inside the reality of especially of business people but but of any other person who has who who you know in in the eyes of god inside and outside of the church isn't really that different uh, um and i'm i sort of hesitate to say it because it's difficult i i don't know how to explain this in in just a short interview but basically what god showed me is that the only difference that is between the people outside of church and inside of church is that we know jesus and they don't um so uh there's there there because there has been this this tendency to separate ourselves from the world which i also had you know of talking about the us and them mentality and uh, Jesus never, never did that. So um, I, I could also connect with businesswomen who did not know the Lord. And I could see that their struggles and their perception of themselves in their society were somehow also influenced by religion in some way. I mean, here in the Western Hemisphere, there's religion all around. So they also had this feeling that they as women were not, um, were not as... Um, able or as prepared as their f fellow co ma male colleagues. Um, that was that was one thing I could observe 
but then even even you know going back to the, the to the church versus outside of the church i think this is one of the reasons why many women especially young girls are leaving church because there is a, a very um, strong uh, tendency for women to to step up and to you know to be all you want to be the typical successful message <laughs> um, outside of the church that is not happening in the church and uh, young women feel very attracted to that because they're not receiving the support that they should receive. I don't know if that was a bit. Um, confusing <laughs> but I said a lot in, in this and in answering this last question John no I, I couldn't agree more we actually had an interview if people want to go back and listen from Sandra Crawford Williamson and she spoke about that exact topic she was a, a, a businesswoman here and really um, as her relationship with Jesus grew and she really felt like she wanted to shift how she was doing business where the her business could be a ministry and and she reached out to her church to get support and and found the same thing that I found that mm. there was nothing inside the church that she was currently sitting in that connected to her as as a a woman a mother who also wanted to be in business and be an entrepreneur and so um you know I just encourage people to go there are like you, you know, like you did, you reached out, you found mentors. You know, you talk mm. about, um, you know, Rhea Perry and Kendall Summerhawk and, you know, in your, in what you sent me that have become great mentors in your life. And you reached out and you found them and they sewed into you. And, and, but, you know, that's part of, I think, of this entrepreneurial journey is, is we can't do this alone. There, there is no such thing as a, a self-made person. And yeah. anybody that claims that, I'll guarantee you, if we dig in, there was people that supported them, either re- relationships, advice, mentorship, financially. And they they might have you know been the you know the, the the person that everybody now after they've succeeded is looking toward. Uh, but there was so many people along the way, and if when we people love to help, and if we reach out to people and just say, you know what, this is what's on my heart. And I don't know exactly what to do next. And I just love your your mentorship, your guidance. And what I have found when I ask people that, um, most pe- a majority of people, actually very rarely do people say no uh, to helping yeah. you when your heart and your motives are, are aligned. Yeah, that's true. And I also would like to encourage uh, anybody who's listening that if you feel you have a calling to the marketplace, you can fully trust the Lord to put the right people Mm, uh, in your path at the right time. It has been, I mean, if there's one thing that I can uh, say for, you know, this erratic, messy journey that I've been through in the business, through my, with, with the business, in the business world, is that the Lord is really faithful in always providing an answer when you feel lost, when you feel alone, when you don't feel supported. He'll always put someone in, he'll give you a verse, or he'll say, there's always something that he will give you to, to support you. So he's he's been my main mentor, obviously, <laughs> throughout all these years. Yeah. Now, all this has come together, and you had... Now, when did you have it in your head to write this book, The Sleeping Queen? You know what? It has been growing in me. You know, many people say when they write a book, it's like having a baby. And <laughs> that book has been growing in me for years, for years and years. And uh, last year, I felt in my heart that it was time to write it and it was amazing because I wrote that book in about two months it was it just came it flew it it was I just felt the Holy Spirit writing through my pen and um, putting down everything that I had uh, learned and all the all the things that he had taught me about money about uh, about women business motherhood and true womanhood and uh, you know all everything that I had gleaned from I've, I've been talking throughout these years as a, as a coach and business consultant with hundreds and hundreds of women who either already were business women or they wanted to open the business so I connected very deeply with their pains and struggles and uh, and by helping them, I also noticed how um, how they how they could how they could shift from from that you know inadequacy and struggling and feeling stuck into gaining momentum again and starting the business or either um, stepping into a, a new and bigger version of what they were doing. So 
Yeah, that that is that is what I um, what I experienced. And you know, as you as you went through that, and this book poured out of you, what, what are some of the key messages that are in there for? Because um, the book is titled "The Sleeping Queen: The Divine Awakening of the Entrepreneurial Woman." Yeah, and I love it that was, subtitle. <laughs> yes, it was actually the Lord gave that to me, and it is it is about you know. Um, just dusting off all the religious and legalistic uh, debris that has been piling on top of what, how we should see ourselves as women and how society sees women. And just going back to God's original idea, which is the Proverbs 31 woman who was, who was an accomplished entrepreneur. And she's actually the only um, example that is so uh, so detailed about what an entrepreneur is to look like. She and God, I I I'd like to believe that He chose a woman because He knew that we would struggle with this at a time. Mm. Because originally, if you go back to the Book of Genesis and you study the first chapter, He called both men and women to be leaders and to have dominion over this planet. And um, somehow, I there's an uh, there's a, a really awesome book from Chris Volaton, it's called Fashion Terrain. And his hypothesis is that um, actually when Eve was created, she was not taken out of the rib of man, but the, that that word that says the, out, of the, out of the side of man is that it, God actually um, uh, t- t- uh, took two halves, halves. It was the feminine half and the masculine half. And when, when they get together, they are one flesh, right? Yeah. So even... Even in a leadership position, be it a business, be it a political leadership position, be it any leadership position, it, it can only be really fully accomplished in a way, in a godly way, if it has the female and the male component in, in, uh, and they both complement each other because that's they were, what they were called to do. And um, that is actually what my, my, my book is about, is about, you know, women waking up to that calling and to stepping alongside men to be co-leaders of, of, you know, any area, my area is a business area, but in any area in life, because that way, um, together, the, the, the God can create this powerful synergy of our giftings and the, the, the masculine giftings together and really um, making a huge impact as leaders. Well, you know, as you say that, what, what do you think some of the big obstacles there are out there right now that women and probably men also encounter, you know, when they're called into either a leadership role in business or to being an entrepreneur? Yeah, well, the first things what we already discussed would be religion, because yeah. religion always keeps us small and never, never encourages us to step up and to think big and to really, you know, step into the value that Jesus Jesus bought for us at the cross. So that would be what, one of the main um, main obstacles. Then I would say... Um, now, when you're saying uh, religion, I, I'm, I'm guessing that you are talking about the difference between kind of uh, what we kind of view as, tra- you know, traditional religion and church versus that personal relationship with Jesus. Is that correct? Yeah, I'm talking about legalistic teachings that yeah. restrain people more than setting them free because... Uh, Jesus was the greatest liberator of all. He said he gave us absolute freedom, you know. And um, uh, even if you study how he treated women in that back at that time, women were a bit better than a cow. They were didn't have any rights at all, and he treated them as what they as as what they re- really are for God, you know. So. Um, I think that would be one of the biggest obstacles, specifically for Christians. Um, then I think it is it is also um, the main the the other obstacles I would say would come more from. Um, it's it's like a cascade. I always see that you know at the top of this cascade, there's your relationship with the Lord. If you can connect with His love, mm-hmm. His unconditional love, and how He sees you, how He views us, then from that connection, 
you will step into your true identity, which is another place where we have a lot of obstacles because we tend to not be able to see ourselves as these amazing leaders and as these amazing powerful kings and queens that the Lord created us to be. And once you are, you step into that identity, your beliefs line up with the gospel about who we really are in Jesus. And once your beliefs are working well, then obviously your decisions and every, your actions and everything thing down to your outcomes and, your, and, your, um, and, and everything that you, the results that you'll have in your business will flow from there. I always go back to the, you know, the origin is always your connection to God. And from there, it goes to your identity, to your to your beliefs, to your decisions. It works down from there. So um, that is where all of us should always go back to when we feel stuck in our business, when we don't feel we're we're good enough, which is very common in women. We're very perfectionist. We're very hard on ourselves. And um, and whenever you don't know what to do and you lack clarity, you just go back to God. You go back to God. You go back to finding yourself in Him. You go back to identifying with how He sees you. You go back to absorb and soak in His love and in His unlimited provision and in His grace. And then from that place, you can step forward again and take your leadership position as a king and a queen, as what we were called to be here. I, I love um, Romans 5.17 that says, uh, for if by one man's offense death reigned through the one, much more those who receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one, Jesus Christ. And we were all called to reign. That, that is why, why we are kings and queens. And, and I agree with that. And I want to circle back to something you said, because you said that identity, as you work on that identity, and I'll... Um, and you talked about stepping into those beliefs and having those beliefs line up. And what are some of those beliefs that you feel that people need to really address and change to get things to line up? Yeah, well, the first belief would probably be that um, if you want to live the Christian life by your own efforts, forget it. It's impossible. <laughs> <laughs> so I think the first belief would be to really um, submit to the Lord um, in and in, in humble yourself and really uh, know that you won't be able because God puts big dreams into our heart come on he's a big thinker so usually we are overwhelmed with it and we, we, we tend to draw back so the first thing is to know it's okay you know if your dream is impossible wonderful then it's directly from God so you're good um, and uh, and then the you know that's the, a good point because if your if your goals if you know something you wrote down that you'd like to do and accomplish is something you can do completely on your own and you don't need God's help um, that's probably a good sign that you're probably not dreaming big enough or not really accepting maybe what what God is putting out there for you to walk into yeah and you know every time in my business that I have been saying oh I can do this and I've run on my own efforts I've always run against a wall I mean it's been one of the greatest lessons of this journey it's like Lord I need your grace <laughs> and then things start flowing again it's just you know his way of 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 showing us that we can we can fully trust him and he loves to be depended on he loves to be trusted it's, it's what he's here for. I mean, we, we're always so much about serving him and this is our ministry, this is our calling, when actually he loves serving us. He came to serve us. Jesus said, I am a servant. I came to serve you. I want to minister to you. I want to help you. And we so seldomly tap into that. It's always us running, you know, on our efforts and burning out and, and doing all this stuff and working. And I think for me, one of the main beliefs has been that, John, to step back and say, Lord, I cannot do this. And I totally rely on your grace. Hmm. And. I'm just kind of listening as you said that, and, and it it's so true that it's such a a great takeaway for people. Um, you know what you say. You know Jesus said in you know that he wants to call us friend, and hmm. when I I remember first reading that, like oh my goodness, Jesus wants to call us friend and share with us all the knowledge that he has through the Father. Um, as equals, and to me that was that was just um, really really changed my you know continued to just grow this relationship I had with Jesus 
but really understand who he was and who he wanted to be in my life. He doesn't want, yeah, I agree with you. You know, if we feel that he doesn't want us to just serve him, but he wants to be a friend of ours and serve us mm-hmm. and mentor us into what, you know, what he created us to be and just be part of it. You know, we're not just down here working on things completely alone and checking in once in a while. Yeah, and he wants us to enjoy this life. I mean, we're, you know, there's so many people, and especially Christians who are, are 100% committed, you know, with their whole heart on the Lord. They, they are so, so mission-oriented that they forget to enjoy their life. Mm. That's, <laughs> it's, it's not, you know, that's not the Lord's will for us. He wants us to enjoy this journey. He wants us to sit back, to breathe, and to enjoy life. And, you know, one of the, the best ways to achieve that is to just acknowledge that, you know, you can turn, you can turn your, do everything upside down. I mean, you can, Jesus said, don't worry, you can, we'll never be a be able to add one centimeter to your stature. So we, we, our self-effort is really ridiculous. So I don't mean that we should not work. I, sh- I just mean that we should work fully trusting in him and taking time to listen to him and to hear how he's guiding us and, and not always pushing forward and, you know, blindly pushing forward, trying to reach our goals by our own efforts. And what about beliefs around money and, and, and how that works in our lives, Bettina? Oh, that's a big one. It's, it was for me because um, I, I really thought money was just something that was out there, you know, like air. <laughs> you don't really care about it. Um, I know there are different personality types and people, so people think differently about money and have different relationships towards money according to their personality type. But and mine was especially very um, naive and very distant from money. Um, so, and plus my beliefs were what I think are, again, traditional religious beliefs about money is that money is not spiritual. Pursuing money is absolutely not spiritual. And um, and you should sort of try to avoid it, you know, when you, when, uh, when you, when you give or minister to somebody, then um, you should do it for free because that's from the Lord. And especially for business people, you get all of this so mixed up because, of course, when you're where when you're called to to the to the to full-time ministry, um, you're not charging people for their help, but you still have to be conscious that somehow you have to believe for the finances to be able to do what you're doing because you still have to pay your bills. So in a sense, a mission is also a business. But then going back to the business, knowing that a business is also a mission, you know, um, you do have to believe for the, your provision. I believe that my business is not my source of provision. I believe the Lord is. Uh, but even so, especially as a business person, you need to reconcile yourself with money. I mean, money is um, uh, pivotal for her business. And uh, you, uh, it is very important to um, really um, have a mindset that is, as I as I searched the Bible, you know, there was a time in our life I really had to get clear about this. So I studied everything that had to do with money and the Bible with a concordance. And uh, what I, the the conclusion that I came with after that is that God is absolutely okay with us having as much money as we need. He wants us to prosper just as much as any parent wants their children to be well off and to prosper, not to have any needs not met. Um, but then, of course, we should not uh, pursue money as as um, as an idol or as a god. We should not think that money will give us happiness, you know. And uh, coming back to the to the Christian that is really wholeheartedly committed to God, I th- I think that we are we are we are really protected from that. If you if you're daily um, having the you nurturing your relationship with the Lord and seeking Him with all your heart, that will not happen. So you don't have to be scared of money sort of turning you into this covetous, mean person. On the contrary, I'd like to ask anybody who's listening, if you're not uh, a covetous person right now, you know, and you don't consider yourself to be, have this wonderful relationship with money, but you're not a covetous person right now, it's highly probable probable that you'll keep on being, you know, the wonderful, generous person you are. Uh, The only difference is that you'll give away more money and you will be able to bless much more people and you'll be able to enjoy your life much more because uh, money only magnifies who you are. It doesn't 
change you. I mean, if you're bad without money, you'll be meaner with with money and um, and vice versa. So um, I'd like to encourage everybody who is listening to, um, to view money and the means of gaining it as something that is okay with God and that He will help you, that He will help you because... You know, if you if you see what is happening in reality around money inside the church world, I know several people who have had to, you know, um, stop running their ministry because of financial problems, and that is absolutely not the Lord's will. So it is it is very important to get things straight around money. So how did you reconcile kind of that tension, you know, between? You know, having financial goals with your business, but, you know, rely, but in that same sentence, though, but relying on God for everything. Because, you know, as running a company, being an entrepreneur, um, you know, we have our vision, our purpose, our mission for the business. And if we're doing what we're doing well, serving that, you know, the, the clients, the customers that we're called to work with, um, and we give them the results and the outcomes. We're taking our unique value that God's given us, and we're bringing that into their world so that you know their life is better. They're doing, you know, something, or they're buying something that um, that they need. Um, the you know kind of a side you know a serendipity of that is income, but it you know it is important to focus on that. Um, so how did you reconcile that? Well, actually, God taught me because. Um it was funny um, because I I really uh, tried to be a good businesswoman, John. I I, <laughs> I tried so very hard, and part of it, as as you said, was earning a great income. But but the Lord, uh, you know, for years, even before we we uh, I became a businesswoman, and my husband and I uh, were always. We, we had studied a lot of biblical finances. My husband loves the subject. And we've always, you know, we, we've been tithers and we've, we've, you know, we've been, if God puts a need on our heart, we always have been, um, especially my husband, who, who, is, who is very into that, uh, we have always been, been givers. So, you know, in the Bible, it, there's the law of sowing and reaping. And the Lord has always shown me that that is the way his finances work. It's not, you will, he said, your, your business is not your source. Your, the way my kingdom works is it is through sowing and reaping. And it is by giving that I will multiply your seed. You know, it's like we're rivers through which our resources, our giftings and our talents flow out into the world. So one of those resources, only one of those resources is money. So when he gives us money and we are faithful into administering it the way that he has called us to do it, which is, of course, enjoying our lives and, and, and blessing the ones who love, but also giving when he puts the needs on our heart or, you know, supporting missions and supporting our church through our, our tithes and offerings, then he will multiply that independent of whatever source of income we have for ourselves. Now, part of that, of course, is the blessing on whatever we do. And so he blesses our business. He sends us clients. He gives us innovative ideas. But the income in itself does not only come from that place. So once I, again, step back and said, okay, Lord, I'm not the one that has to make this income. I'm not the one that has to make this happen. It is, it is you know, just by going back to you, my source, and operating uh, according to your ways, which are not at all logical, you know, you know, in what place in the world were, are they going to teach you that giving away your money is a way to multiply? Duh, nobody does that, but God does. <laughs> and yeah. um, his math just works that way. And I mean, I'm my my husband and me, we've, we've been Christians for 23 years now. And I can say but without a shadow of a doubt that every penny that we have comes through um, having at least trying to operate in the Lord's finance, financial ways and his financial laws and not through our business or our jobs. Yeah, and what you're saying, Bettina, is you're giving people permission to say, you know what, I want a profitable business. I want to develop a, a certain income, whatever it is. It's okay. As long as you're looking at that income as and this is I think we both do this is you know this is God's income and I'm you know from a 
my our, our giving, you know, for when I used to give early in my career as a Christian, it was really more from obligation. I'd write that check mm-hmm. to a church or a ministry because I felt like this is kind of what I had to do. And as I really started to understand the nature of God and what he'd given me, and then especially going through this this accident and really developing that personal relationship, it's more like instead of I I I, I have to give is I get to give. And you start giving from a place of joy, uh, a place of stewarding that money back into the kingdom. And, you know, yeah. one of the things we're trying to do, we're, we're not there yet, but we want to give 10% for our tithe and 10% for our offerings. And you know mm-hmm. what? If you have income left over after that and you want to spend on anything you want in your personal life, your family, your home, um, you know, we do that with joy because we're we're doing this uh, we're living our life and stewarding our finances from a very different perspective from before. And I, and I think that, I think you're right. There's a lot of, you know, in the secular world, cause I have a lot of clients coaching clients that are, you know, CEOs of fortune 100 companies, startup entrepreneurs that are not believers mm-hmm. and they, they have no limitations on kind of the profit motive. They don't have yeah. like this Christianese filter. And I got to tell you, that, and I work with some clients that are not believers, but they are building purpose-driven companies that are giving tremendous amount of wealth back to the communities, to causes. Um, they're equipping the people that work for them to be able to do that same thing. And mm. we get kind of wrapped up in, in money and the money motive and, and think it's bad. And yeah. But without money, how do we fund? I mean... Uh, there's some amazing ministries out there that work with the widows and the orphans and the poor and with education and I could go on and on and they need people that are successful in business to be able to fund those. I mean, honestly, that is the engine. I really believe that that is why a calling in the marketplace is so special because that is the engine that in the finances that God uses right now to really um, so into the kingdom to do work outside of that, you know, that business mountain, so to speak. Mm, and I love the example that Jesus left us. And when I studied money in the in the Old and the New Testament, um, you know, we know that Jesus is the perfect um, example of how God is. So he, whenever he had a need, he 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 blessed what he had in his hands, which were sometimes only you know five breads and two fishes, yeah. and he thanked he thanked the Lord for that, and it was supernaturally multiplied. I do believe, I really do believe that for Christian entrepreneurs, there is going to come this the time that we will supernaturally multiply what God has put in our hands once we can tap into that revelation and um, and then at the same time I could see that Jesus was totally detached from that I mean he he um, on one side he he just trusted that anything or any resource he would ever need to accomplish his mission would be there and at the same time he was totally detached he was like oh Peter we need to pay our taxes go go catch a fish in the old the money will be in the fish you know so so I think that is the example that he's giving us as uh, around money for as Christian business people, you know, to really trust that we as as sons and daughters, queens and kings of God, we have the 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 supernatural ability to multiply resources much more than any other person in the secular world. And uh, and at the same time, our hearts should be totally detached because whatever we can multiply, it is not for us. It is for his kingdom. Mm, that is a beautiful thought. And I, I, that was very well said. Now, how do people get in touch with you and find out more about who you are, what you're doing in, in your book? Okay, well, um, there, there's my website, BettinaLangerfeld.com. I actually have a very powerful mindset shifter there. It's a very short ebook. It's called The Seven Money Mindset Secrets of the Christian Businesswoman that I, I give away for free. So I'd like to offer that immediately if somebody could sort of connect with with the sort of uh, mindset struggles around money um, yeah, and if people want to go there it's b-e-t-t-i-n-a 
L-A-N-G-E-R-F-E-L-D-T. So good German spelling, BettinaLangerfeld.com. <laughs> .com, such a long name. Yeah, yep. that's and, correct. And you can go to thesleepingqueen.com for your book, and that links to for your website. Book. And all that will be on the post for everybody listening at, at Eternal Leadership. But go there. I mean, that, it's a great download on this mindset shift, uh, what Bettina's talking about. Really about the, it's called the Seven Money Mindset Secrets of the Christian Businesswoman. So you can go get that for free. And thank you for uh, putting that out there for everybody, Bettina. No, you're welcome. I really well, think it will help. Yes. Well, as we wrap up, just any final thoughts you'd like to leave with everybody listening? Oh, yes. I'm Well, I think it, it'll maybe be a bit repetitive, but I, I really want to encourage everybody to go back to that place of connecting more to God, because we never have a full revelation of who He is and of how much He loves us, because His love is so beyond our understanding. But we can, you know, we ha He has given us a spirit, and we can, um, in our spirit, connect to that provision of unlimited love, unlimited grace, and unlimited um, empowerment as women and as men. And as we nurture that and, and really focus on growing in that area, then everything else, be it our family, our relationships, our business, our, um, even our, our own spiritual well-being, will flow from there and and you will you will be successful in life in a very balanced and beautiful way because god will take care not only of your business but of every other area of your life i couldn't agree more and thank you so much for your time today and sharing your story and i really hope people in the audience connect with you you're in in chile and we have listeners from all over the world and i think uh you know, another great message, uh, you know, just part of this conversation is that wherever you're at in the world, whatever kind of station in life you're at, um, there is opportunity for you as God has mm -hmm. called you into. And, and I would just love for people to accept that, that, yes. you know, you, you mentioned Ephesians 2.10 before, right? We, we are Christ's workmanship mm -hmm. and he has prepared works beforehand for us. And think yeah. about it, you know, we talked about assignments and seasons. And, and if we just accept that we are created and prepared to do what is on our heart right now, <clears throat> and that the resources are there, we might not see it right now, but if we start stepping into that belief that God is going to provide those relationships, yeah. that mentorship, maybe that small little, you know, bit of finances we need just to get started um, so I, I just want to encourage people to, you know, look in the mirror and, and, and not look at your, what you see when you see that reflection looking back at you, but what does God see when he's looking at you? And that is how we start developing that identity that for myself gave me that courage to really step forward and embrace that kind of this entrepreneurial journey for myself. Yeah, that's so true, John. Beautifully said. Well, thank you again, and I hope you have just a blessed day. And um, you're always welcome on the program. And I and I really hope people, uh, can, you know, connect with what you're doing. Thank you, John. Thank you so much for inviting me. This was so much fun. <laughs> <laughs> it was great. Having the uh, yeah, it was a great conversation. Thank you so much. It was a blessing to me. My pleasure. Have a wonderful day. Likewise. Thank you. Bye bye. Thanks for listening to Eternal Leadership. Be sure to check the summary of this MP3 for any important links and a link to the show notes for this episode. As I said at the top, this edition of Eternal Leadership has been brought to you by Marketplace Rock. Is there something that feels like it's blocking your business? The team at Marketplace Rock partners with you in unearthing those things that could be holding you back through intercessory prayer. John and I can't recommend the team highly enough. In fact, our phone calls with them are the highlight of our week. Visit them online, marketplacerock.com, or listen to either of Amy Everett's past interviews with us. Episodes 4 and 66, marketplacerock.com. For John Ramstead, I'm Steve Ryder, and thank you for listening to Eternal Leadership.